Welcome back, Brooklyn Nets fans, as we talk about the Clippers victory that just happened. We'll talk about the state of the Brooklyn Nets, kind of touch on the Christmas Day game, which I have not talked to you guys about yet. I made like a little two-minute clip of me talking about it, put it on Twitter, but I did not post that on YouTube, so we'll touch on those things. But the Nets sweep the road trip. It was supposed to be three games. It was two, so the Nets technically went 2-0 and on a three-game road trip. Of course, one game got postponed due to the COVID outbreak for the Nets, but they're getting guys back. And the crazy part is that they've won both these games against uh, both LA teams without Kevin Durant and without Joe Harris still, without Kyrie Irving. Like, they're still doing it without by far their best player, a guy that I think is a top five talent in the NBA and Kyrie Irving, and a top three to five shooter in the NBA in Joe Harris by the numbers. So, honestly, I'm very thrilled with what I've seen so far. Um, Obviously, Christmas Day was crazy because... The Nets got off to such a great start. The third quarter was great, and it looked like it was over. The Nets were up like 23 at one point. Lakers went on the big run, of course. Nick Claxton has this beautiful alley-oop that he pretty much, you know, dunks on LeBron. It wasn't actually a dunk, but he went super high, threw it down, and it was like one of those classic Blake Griffin dunks on Mozgov back in the day. It was something like that, but big end one for Nick Claxton. The Nets closed that game out, of course, against the Lakers. They come back here a couple nights later to play the LA Clippers. Yes, there's no Kawhi. Yes, there's no Paul George now. I get all that, but... There were two things that were very important for the Nets in this game. A, was winning, of course, and B, how did James Harden look after looking good against the Lakers in his first game back coming off COVID protocol? And I must say, James Harden probably played his best game of the year. It's up there. Top three for sure. James Harden's explosiveness is it's pretty much what it was last year. Like, it's not going to be the same it was three, four years ago. I don't think that's ever coming back. But James Harden is now at a point where he can beat guys off the dribble. And that's so big for this Nets offense. When James Harden can beat his man off the dribble, that means more guys are collapsing. Shooters are open. The alley-oop is there for Nick Claxton. Like, Nick Claxton is turning into a big part of this Nets offense. We've seen it by now. We've seen what James Harden did for Clint Capella back in Houston. Nick Claxton's becoming that guy. Now, my concern is that Nick Claxton's contract's going to cost a lot after this year, but on the bright side, Nick Claxton's actually contributing very much to these Brooklyn Nets victories. And it wasn't just the explosiveness for Harden. It was the playmaking. The three-point shooting was there. I think his three-point numbers, he shot 50%, I believe. Maybe not. Might have been four for seven. I'll look right quick. He was four of nine from downtown. Not too bad, honestly. We've seen worse from Harden this year. I think at one point he was three for six. He kind of took some Kind of ill-advised shots at the end, but he had that crazy four-point play, and Ty Lue challenged it. Nets won the challenge there. That was a big play that kind of put the game away. Patty Mills, once again, another brilliant game. He was 6 of 13 from three. He was a big part of this offense as well. We saw Blake Griffin get involved. We saw James Johnson, Bruce Brown, Bembry. I thought all those guys had good games. We saw Blake Griffin throw down a dunk with his left hand. Not over Serge Ibaka, but it was close. It was one of those classic Blake Griffin dunks back at his old arena, the Crypto.com arena. By the way, the Nets right now have the most wins in the Crypto.com arena. So the Nets have two, Lakers and Clippers have zero. So that will not hold up, of course, over time because they play there way more often than us. But at this moment in time, the Nets have the most win in that arena since the name change from Staples Center. So that's an interesting note. But anyway, 
we're seeing guys start to really understand their roles on this team. It's a beautiful thing. And once again, things will change once Kyrie's implemented and Kevin Durant comes back and Joe Harris comes back. Minutes will have to be distributed a bit differently. But you can tell that guys like Claxton are not trying to do too much. He understands his role. He's still a young player, but he gets his role. He's had times in one-on-one situations where he can take a guy on the baseline, but he says, no, no, let me pass it out to, to Mills or Harden and let's reset. Like That's maturity for a young player. I like seeing those type of things. We see guys like Benbury who, you know, Benbury at times can take open threes, but decides, hey, I don't need this. Let me pump fake it, get my guy in the air, and go by him and get an easy layup. Like He's been doing that as well. You know, James Johnson's been around for a long time. He has a lot of plays where he goes baseline, does those reverse layups, which he's very good at. Like these guys just get their role. And like this is one of the best offensive performances I've seen this year. Everything looks so crisp and fluent. Like it, it was great. The ball movement was there. There was an awesome play where Patty Mills went behind the back to James Harden and James Harden lobbed to Nick Claxton. Like that's just like the classic, like chemistry everyone's on the same page type basketball like there of course were some plays where things didn't look right but for like 95 percent of the night on offense this nets offense looked as great as it has the entire year now once again one of the biggest reasons the nets won this game was points in the paint they had a game against atlanta like five six games ago where they had like 66 points in the paint and that was a lot but tonight they had 74 points in the paint i mean that's unbelievable like they were shooting the ball well but when you get 74 points in the paint you should be good most nights and from three point range they shot 38 percent which is very respectable so just overall, you know, whether it was three-point shooting, mid-range shooting, points in the paint, the Nets offense was feeling it tonight. The Nets outscored them in fast break points, 23-10. Their biggest lead was 22. The Clippers kind of cut it to 10 at the end, and it was getting a bit close. One guy had a corner three for them. They were playing some young guys who just, you know, had... You know, nothing to lose. So it's it's kind of tough playing those guys sometimes because they're going to give max effort. These are not guys that are locked into big NBA contracts. The Clippers had some guys out there that I never heard of. And I, I just realized Justice Winslow was on the Clippers. I had no idea. I thought he was still on the Grizzlies anyway. But, um, but yeah, they were playing with nothing to lose there. They cut it to 10, but the Nets, of course, had some big plays. Patty Mills made a three. Harden had the four-point play. Like every time teams kind of make runs and, comes, uh, and, they, and they come back, the Nets always seem to have an answer. Like, that's what good teams do. There's going to be times where your opponent goes on a run, but can you preserve that lead and, and answer? Like, the good teams always have answers. The bad teams, the teams that are not that good, they will allow a comeback and lose the game. Like, the Nets have not had many of those moments this year. Maybe there's a game or two I'm forgetting about, but for the most part, when the Nets have themselves a pretty decent-sized lead, they don't give it back. Like, we saw the Lakers game. I think the Lakers tied it at the end, of course, but they never, like, gave up the lead. Maybe they did, I'm forgetting, but they still won the game, so that's a moot point. But tonight, even, like, they were up by 22, 23, whatever I just said, and they cut it to 10, but the Nets, of course, made some plays offensively. Once they just want to flip that switch, they do it. Like, that's what the good teams do. And even without Kevin Durant, who's our go-to scorer, he is the closer of this Nets team in the fourth quarter. So to do that without him makes me feel even better, of course. And I got to be honest, the defensive effort for the Nets really impressed me tonight. We know that based on the numbers, their defense is a lot better than last year. That's why the record has improved and this team has looked better. They are playing defense. They have guys that can play defense and guard just about every position. You know, guys like James Johnson and Bembry and Bruce Brown being those type of guys. Nick Claxton, of course, is big on this team's defense. So, 
you know, Harden's not going to be known for his defense. Joe Harris, Kyrie, they're not known for their defense, but they have guys now in this rotation that can do it. So we saw a lot of defensive intensity tonight. And early on, the Clippers were making their shots. That was the um, annoying part. They, like, they were making all their three-pointers. They started out like four or five from three-point range, I believe. But I figured as the game went on, it would not continue. And of course, that happened. And the Nets took a lead in the late first quarter and never looked back. So their defense was impressive. There was a lot of switching going on tonight. No surprise, and let's do that very often, of course. But, you know, as I mentioned, the Clippers don't have any superstars offensively. It's Marcus Morris. We saw some Eric Bledsoe in the beginning. Um, there's nobody great on that team right now. You know, Serge Ibaka is not who he once was anymore. But still, that's an NBA team over there. They have guys that have had really good NBA careers. And the Nets did a really, got a really good job defensively. So I was impressed. And if they keep that up and keep up this offense, like, this is a very tough team to beat. Like, we know that. Like, if this team can just play good defense like this and put up these type of offensive numbers where you're scoring 124 points and shooting the ball well and getting points in the paint and James Harden's getting past this guy and dishing out 15 assists. It can't happen every game, but if you can play around that, you know, just somewhere in that area, the Nets are going to be fine. And once again, it's going to be interesting to see how they implement the superstars. You know, we played with one superstar tonight. There's two more on the way. It sounds like Kyrie Irving is getting closer and closer. I think uh, Steve Nash had some quotes before the game about ramping up Kyrie once he gets back uh, cleared from the protocol, which hopefully should be soon because he was put in like, what, a week ago? So it should be soon. Kevin Durant should be back by the time the Nets are uh, back at home. I don't know when the next game is. We'll go over that later. But, um, you know, Kevin Durant's coming back probably next game. Kyrie maybe next road trip whenever that is so we're getting guys back and um, it's exciting like it's it's a fun time here Joe Harris I don't know about that but we know Joe Harris really helps the floor spacing for the Nets offensively Joe Harris has not been as needed lately because of how well Patty Mills is playing but there will come a time where Patty Mills hopefully gets to rest in like April to get prepared for the playoffs because right now Patty Mills is playing probably more minutes than he um, anticipated when he signed with the Brooklyn Nets because when Patty Mills was signed here he expected Kyrie Irving to play. I don't think you know I don't think Patty Mills expected to sign here and have Kyrie Irving sit out and have Joe Harris hurt his ankle and be a starter and play 30 plus minutes a night. I don't think that Patty Mills had that in mind, but that's happened and he's playing he's been playing very well. So I don't know how much longer he'll keep it up, but hopefully this is who he is. And, you know, he's had a track record of doing this for a long time, but like this is probably Patty Mills' best season in the NBA. Is that like a stretch? I don't know, but he's been unbelievable. So between him and hopefully getting Joe Harris back, the shooting's taken care of. We have guys that can play defense, as I mentioned. Now, speaking of defense, something's got to happen with Javon Carter. I mean, I don't want to be, I don't want to pick on the guy too much, but I just don't think he's going to be on this team long term. Once guys are bought out and some veteran guys are out there, they got to look to move on from Javon Carter. I mean, you know, I thought maybe he could have a role in this team from the Landry Shamit trade, but it has not happened so far, and I just don't see it happening. Um, you know, Javon Carter comes in these games like with just the most confidence in the world. He'll shoot pull-up three-pointers. He'll miss them. It's just annoying. Like, even in garbage time, like, he's trying to dribble through guys. He traveled at one point today. Like, it's just annoying. Like, he tries to do too much. I understand you're, traveling, you're trying to prove a point and get yourself in the rotation, but he just tries to do way too much, and he always has a negative plus minus. Like, even in a game where the Nets put up 124 points, it's like Javon Carter is still noticeably bad. So, like, that's a guy that either he's got to fix his act quickly or... 
the Nets may move on at some point. So I don't know when the uh, buyouts will happen. I'm, I'm assuming sometime in a couple of months here, but it's just unfortunate. Like I thought Javon Carter could be something for this team and he's just not. And, you know, we have to be realistic about this. He has not played well. I know people are Javon Carter defenders out there, but just watching these games with my eyes, it's just he's not playing well. Even in that Lakers game on Christmas, like everyone else had pretty good plus minuses. Most were plus, And Javon Carter's was like minus 18. You're like, why? How come every time this guy's on the floor, we're getting outscored? Like something is, you know, not going right there. So I don't know. Maybe it's unfair, but maybe Javon Carter's also playing terrible. That's kind of what I think it is. So um, can he fix it? Maybe. I mean, he's, he's got some talent, but I just think it's more of a mindset thing. He comes in these games and tries to just take over. And it's just like, no, you don't have to do that. Just play within the offense, find the open guy, keep moving the ball. He wants to come in here and jock and, and just, you know, dribble around the right wing and put up these dumb shots. It's like, no, it's just, it's not worth it. So I don't know. I'm sure at some point something's going to happen. Either he plays better or he gets cut. It's going to be like one or the other or gets traded. I don't know. So we'll find out what happens there, but something has to change for Javon Carter. And I will say, I want to give these guys credit The guys like Bruce Brown and Bembry and even Blake Griffin of course, Nick Claxton, every time that James Harden is doubled on top of the key, which happens very often, especially when Durant's out and Kyrie's out, like James Harden's the one superstar once again. So you'll see sometimes they blitz Harden and Harden has to get rid of the ball and does those nice like fancy bounce passes or sometimes just lobs over the defense. And the Nets will be in a situation where like they give it to a guy in the foul line, whether that guy is Bruce Brown most times, sometimes it's James Johnson, sometimes it's Bembry, and they make always the right decision, it feels like. It's either going to be like a Bruce Brown floater where you just throw a lob pass and then clacks and then he dunks it like the Nets have been so good at that like James Harden like if you want to blitz them go ahead because the Nets will have a two-on-one right at the basket so they're putting defenses in tough spots and Bruce Brown has been so pivotal for this Nets team the last few games because he just plays that role so well like his floater's been on point lately sometimes it's not but the last couple games it's been great Bruce Brown tonight put up uh, 28 minutes. He only had eight points, but it felt like more. Did have five rebounds, but he was playing that crucial role of like, hey, I'm going to be at the foul line, and if they collapse on me, I'll pass it out and find an open shooter, or if they collapse on me again, I find an open Nick Claxton, or I just float it in. Like It's like Bruce Brown knows how to play that role, so it's kind of like I don't want to say it's Draymond Green-like, but like it kind of is. It's like Draymond green light, poor man's Draymond Green. I don't know. But anyway, Bruce Brown is playing that role very well. And I was curious to see how Bembry and Bruce Brown would coexist because when Bruce Brown was out, Bembry was playing well. When Bembry was out, um, Brown was playing well, like just vice versa. So I was I was like curious to see how those guys would coexist. But so far, it's been working. They're playing really good defense. And I mentioned they're moving the ball very well. There was a lot of dunks tonight, I feel like, and just open shots and they were falling of course when you don't make your open shots it doesn't feel as good but the Nets were making their open shots for the most part they shot like 56% from the field 38% from three so most nights when you do that and play good defense like they did tonight you're going to win most games so I'm pretty sure the Nets broadcast said they're undefeated when they score over 108 points on offense so it's believable they do win most shootouts I feel like so that's the good news, but yeah, once again, we'll go over the schedule here, what's coming up next, but I've just been very satisfied the past couple games here to go on this mini road trip here in LA and be able to sweep that LA series, if you will, and 
you know, of course, they could have lost one of those games. Obviously, Durant never traveled. He's in the COVID protocol. Um, there's some other guys out still, of course. So they, they could have folded and said, no, we'll go 1-1 one and one or go 0-2 and, and go back to Brooklyn and wait for Durant to come back. But, of course, the Nets just found a way to go 2-0. and And I got to give credit to coaching. The coaching has been doing a great job lately. I mean, there's not many Steve Nash complaints. The one thing I really was, you know, annoyed about was when, in the Christmas game, when the Lakers made that 15-0 run in the fourth quarter, uh, Javon Carter was on the floor, of course, so no surprise there. But they called the timeout, and he still kept Javon Carter in the lineup out of the timeout. I'm like, what are you doing, Steve? Like, get... Uh, I think I wanted Bruce Brown back in the game. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, this guy is not cut out for this game right now. And he puts Bruce Brown back on the court after the timeout. That was like the one problem I had. But outside of that, like, the Nets coaching has been great lately. Um, a lot of people were anti-Nash. I feel like a lot of people now are coming around to the idea that Steve Nash might be a good head coach. I don't know. His record's already good, of course. He has the talent here. But I just feel like he's starting to catch on more. The Nets are running really good offense. We've seen that, of course. Their defensive intensity's there. And it probably it comes down to coaching because I really think the Nets have a lot of veterans on this team and you know they can probably just be like all right we're a playoff team whatever we'll just kind of mail it in and get ready for the playoffs but no this team's playing hard and it's only December you know obviously back in October November December now these guys are still playing hard like this is you know Patty Mills is probably in like year 10 James Harden's in year 12 or 13 Kevin Durant's been around forever but these guys still want to go out there and win and play hard every night so that says a lot about the coaching getting these guys ready for these games and the mindset about this team which I enjoy so you know, these guys, once again, can easily just be like, you know, let's just coast and get to the playoffs healthy. But they obviously you want to get there healthy. That's the main concern. But they are more concerned about playing hard and winning these games right now, which, of course, as a fan, you love seeing that. All right. So coming up, the Nets have a little three game homestand here, home against the 76ers on Thursday, December 30th. That's a seven o'clock game. That's interesting. Usually it's 730. Saturday, again, they play the Clippers, but at home this time. So Saturday, New Year's Day, 7.30 game. Then they play Memphis Monday night. Memphis has been very hot lately, so you can't take them lightly. I don't know what their record is right now, but they've been a very good team lately. They lost Morant. They were winning every game. Now they got Morant back, and he's still playing well. The team's playing well, so... Um, yeah, that's a scary team right now. But yeah, I mean, look, if they can go two and one in those next three games, I'll be satisfied. Um, the record's good right now, 23 and nine overall. So we're looking good. Still first place in the East by a game and a half now, I believe. So looking all right. Then there's a little, um, you know, there's one home game, I think, at Indiana. Then they're back home for the Bucks, the Spurs. I mean, you know, the schedule gets a bit tougher going forward, but there are winnable games. The Nets are one of the better teams in the league, of course. They can beat anybody on any night, but obviously for us right now, the main thing is staying healthy, and so far, for the most part, knock on wood, we have seen that. So we've had some COVID stuff, the Joe Harris ankle injury, but like nothing season-ending as far as I'm concerned, right? Like, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge is going to come back, Kyrie should come back, I don't know if he can play home games at some point. That's to be the, uh, determined. But um, for the most part, no serious injuries. And listen, some of the best news for the Nets has came out recently that James Harden is looking like the old James Harden. Like that's some of the biggest news that we could receive as Nets fans. Like we're seeing that with our own eyes right now, that James Harden's looking like that guy he was last year when he won back-to-back Player of the Month awards with the Brooklyn Nets. He's looking like that guy. So if we can get that guy back, I think we're good. So we'll find out what happens there. But just, you know, you wonder how much of James Harden's injury from the offseason with the hamstring was impacting his play the first couple months. 
I don't know why it took him sitting out with protocol COVID stuff to really find himself, but maybe that's the rest he needed. And maybe now he's back. I don't know. We'll, we'll keep a close eye on it as Nets fans. We always do. We'll see how James Harden plays the next few games here. Can he keep this momentum going back at home here? Because this looked great in LA, but can he do it back in Brooklyn and other places? So hopefully that continues. But he was great tonight. 39 points. 15 assists, pretty efficient shooting tonight. The big four-point play to kind of, you know, put the game away. So Harden was phenomenal. Same thing with Mills, and a lot of the role players played very well. The only guy I can really call out is Javon Carter, as I mentioned. So it is what it is there. So anyway, that'll do it for the video. I have not made a Nets video in a while here, but hopefully you guys enjoyed. Um, I don't know when the next one will be. Maybe after the homestand, after the next three games here, unless there's like a big game or something I'll talk about. But probably after the homestand, I'll make another uh, video. But hopefully you guys enjoyed this. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a nice review if you haven't, please. I would definitely appreciate that. And I will talk to you guys next time.